You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. He just wasn't scared. Like, I remember, bro, we playing Ocho Cinco, and this is when Chad was Chad. And Sean was a, a rookie. They both had gold fronts then for the game. Mm. And Sean walks in front of our huddle, tells him, he's like, by the end of this day, I'm going to be the only one out here with gold teeth. I never seen two human beings run as fast as Michael Vick and Troy Palomalu. And you remember, Vick had the Vick cleats on. He had the chrome bottom. So all I saw was chrome flashing before my eyes and hair. Yo, welcome to All Things Covered with Patrick Peterson and Brian McFadden, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. The name says it all. If you like what you hear, Please download and subscribe and leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. You can also watch us on YouTube. Just visit youtube.com slash all things covered. Pat P, what are we going to cover on this episode? Unfortunately, we got to cover the ending of our season. We got to put a bow on the finale of the Cardinals season. Also, we're going to talk about what in the world happened in the Philly and the Washington game. And uh, we got a special guest today, We a uh, former teammate of yours, also another LSU Tiger, Ryan Clark. First quarter of our show, you guys know what time it is. It's Cardinals check-in time. Although we come to the end of the road, in the words of boys to men, unfortunately for the Arizona Cardinals and Pat Peterson, the season is over. A devastating loss by the hands of Sean McVay, who has been a Cardinals killer, to say the least, in his professional career. He's yet to lose to the Arizona Cardinals. Came up with a huge win this past Sunday in L.A., 18-7. to uh, The Cardinals needed to win this ball game to advance to the playoffs. Remember, we emphasized this game last week on our show, talking about both teams needing to win this ball game to get into the tournament. Unfortunately, the Cardinals lost a few headlines during that ball game. Kyler Murray, man. Watching that ball game, he went into the game not 100% healthy, but you know, no, nobody's uh, really 100% healthy at this at this stage in in, in the season. Uh, but he went down early in the ball game, Pat P. And when he went down and limped to the sideline and instantly went into the locker room, what what went through your mind? Honestly, I didn't know that he went into the locker because I think we was on the field, so I didn't even know he went into the locker room uh, until I came. I think it was like two possessions later. Because I thought he was in a tent initially, and um, then I saw him trouting or uh, walking back out, out of the locker room, back onto the field. So initially, I didn't know, you know, what happened. And then we all got uh, word that I guess it was like a sprained ankle, or his ankle was bothering him, or something of that sort. But um, definitely a big blow to our team because you know we put so much into the game plan with him and had a different way of uh, attacking those guys and. You know, when you're playing a defense like that, you got to have all your bullets in. And, and um, you know, having a backup like Chris kind of, you know, hampered the game plan just a little bit. You weren't able to take those shots down the field like you was if Kyler was in. You had to, you know, run the ball a little bit more. So your play selection was a little bit different versus Kyler and Chris. But with him going down, definitely hurt us, man. And uh, I'm, I'm just proud and, and happy that he gave, tried to give us a shot and got back in there and, and, and kept throwing the ball. So that just goes to show the heart that he has and, the commitment that he has to this team, and he has a very, very bright future. What's what's going on when it comes to the look at the quarterback position when you guys have important ball games Man. to win? I remember a few years ago, and we you mentioned this weeks ago here on our show, All Things Covered, when Carson Palmer went down in the playoffs and you guys had to try to weather the storm without your franchise quarterback. Yeah, and then Man. yesterday, it'll be Sunday, you lose your guy in Kyler Murray. Man, what's going on with the quarterback look when it comes to playoff implications? 
Man, I have no idea, Mac. I wish I can. I wish I can tell you, or put a put a finger on it, but man, I can't, man. So, you know, at the end of the day, I, I, got, I don't know if I got to do a little bit more praying for for my quarterbacks, asking the, the good Lord to. Who was the emergency quarterback yesterday? Who 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 would have been emergency quarterback? Man, that's a good question, man. Nobody was up. <laughs> they they would have had to come to me. Hey, one of the quarterbacks. I, I, mean, I was I was thinking about that because you know when Chris came in the lineup, I'm like, well, dang. What happened if Chris get hurt? Cause, yeah. you know, you only dress two quarterbacks and we know you right. think you can still play quarterback to some degree. Uh, you yeah. know, you got, you got the utmost confidence in your quarterbacking <laughs> game. You got the confidence that, like LeVar Ball had, has, uh, when it comes to playing MJ on, on a one-on-one situation. Right. But yeah, the emergency quarterback, who, I wonder who would have got the call up if something happened to Chris. Man, I, I don't know, Mac. That's a, that's a good question. Yeah. Just, well, just I ran guess. wildcat all day. <laughs> you think you can handle that wildcat? No, nah, not me. I was just saying, if, if, if I wasn't a quarterback, just run wildcat all day, you know, just have one of the running backs and just have like a two headed, two headed monster. Like, uh, who was it in Miami when they was doing, was uh, Ronnie, Ronnie yeah, Brown? Ronnie, Ricky and Ronnie Brown when they beat yeah, the Patriots. Yeah. yeah. When they yeah. first brought that out, ooh, that when they created was the wildcat. Neat. Oh, boy. <laughs> Jesus Christ, and then it didn't take too, too, it didn't take too long for defensive coordinators to pick up on how to stop that wildcat because right, they just right, effaced exactly. that out of the National Football League. Yeah. You, you uh, see it every, 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 Every red moon. <laughs> no question. No question. Kyler Murray uh, injured his ankle uh, 12-14 uh, in the first quarter, 12 minutes and 14 seconds in the, into the first quarter. Uh, he returned in the fourth quarter with 14-24 on the clock. Um, we saw him going back and forth, you know, on the sideline to the locker room, back and forth. He was trying to keep that thing warm. And I saw you talking to him mm-hmm. on the sideline as well. You know, what were you saying to Kyler Murray at that time? Because it seemed like you had a conversation with him and then – he tried to provide that Willis Reed element to the game, you know, trying to play injured to be able to get you guys to a victory. But what was it that you said to Kyle? Um, all I said, man, you know, obviously you got to be smart. He was like, man, I, I really, I really can't move right now. You know what I mean? I was like, man, but I was just telling him if you be smart, but if you can give us something, cause at the end of the day, we need you. You know, our season on the line, we, we you know, we, we, you know, we, we came into this game saying that we're going to put our bodies on the line because we need every man on deck to to help us prevail and to get this dub. And so I was just telling them, you know, if you can go, give us a shot because we're not going to let them score. You know what I mean? If you can come in there and be able to throw the ball, at least be effective throwing the ball, I think that gives us a shot into getting back into this ball game, trying to find a way to win because, you know, we had time and in, in, to getting back into that game. We just couldn't, you know, finish drives, got the block field goal, the interception before halftime. That really, really killed us. So, it's just those costly mistakes that haunted us in that game. But all I said to him, if you can, if you can give us a go, man, give 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 us all you got. Because if we win this game, you'll be able to rest a couple a couple of days and be able to be in that tournament and, and not plan for a bigger a bigger objective. And, and that's a Super Bowl title. So obviously we didn't get that done. But those just some of the words that I, I that I shared with him. And like I said earlier in the show, I know he's a competitor. I know he's a fighter. And that just like I said, that just goes to show the commitment he has to his brothers and how much not only the game means to him. But how much, you know, we mean to him because, you know, I, I know that the reason why he was up there, because I know he didn't want to let his guys down. He wanted to show his guys that he was still giving it his all to go out there and give us the best shot possible. You know, what's funny, you mentioned that he didn't want to let you guys down. Here's a statement from Kyler Murray post game statement. That is, he said, I wish I could have come back earlier to try to make an impact quicker. I wasn't going to go in if I could avoid anything or if I was hurting myself or hurting the team by going in because I couldn't move. 
So I had to let some things kick in. And then once I did, that's when I decided to go in. Uh, but you know, it was a little too late. Like you said, uh, it was a defensive battle between both defenses and their defenses made their defense made, you know, one or two more plays than your defense. And talk about their backup quarterback in John Walford making his first start. Uh, the very first pass, Pat, he threw an interception, right? To Campbell, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was Campbell no, who picked him uh, off. Jordan Hicks. Oh, Jordan Hicks. I'm sorry. Jordan Hicks gave you guys ideal field position offensively. Coming to the sideline when his first pass attempt was an interception, what was going through the the, the mindset of your uh, of your defense, the players on the defense? Well, you know, Mac, you know, that's early in the game. The whole mindset was obviously keep our foot on the pedal, making sure that we – because we haven't seen nothing yet. So we, yeah. at the end of the day, we was like making sure our eyes are clean because we know they're going to hit us with boots. We know they're going to hit us with screens. We know they're going to try to hit us with slashes and uh, kick runs. We know all these things are going to come, and they didn't come yet. So at the end of the day, we just wanted to make sure that we stayed – the course to the game plan, not getting too high, not getting too low, just staying even kill because at the end of the day, you want to come to the sideline. I've been on games like a couple of years ago. Got who, who the heck we was playing? I think it was Baltimore. And we was up like 14. Like, yeah, man, we about to kick they behind. Da, 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 da. And it came down to the dog on last drive of the, uh, of the game. You, you yeah. know how quickly games can change in this league. So the whole mindset was when we got that first interception, just, let's keep it going because we know we're going to have to flip field position to get our offense a better a better position to score. We know we have to take the ball away to minimize the opportunities that they have to drive the ball up and down the field. So our mindset was just to stay the course, make sure that we, if we do bend, don't break, and we can't let them score. So I think as a defense, we played really, really solid. It was a couple of plays that I wish we, we could have had back, but not to let a team score a touchdown, anything, a, a touchdown and, and, yeah. and for us to give up that pick six and that safety. Like I said, that kind of that kind of hurt us in a defensive uh, battle game. So you know, hopefully, hopefully, you know, you know, they or we can learn from this. Depending on what happens in this uh, free agent free agency, they can learn from it and uh, hopefully move forward from it. Yeah, I mean, you guys did play stellar football. Uh, didn't allow a touchdown. Like I said, their defense made more plays than your defense. Their defense put points on the scoreboard, and that usually that that's usually the deciding factor when you talk about backup quarterbacks playing for their offense. Uh, Walford threw an interception to Jordan Hicks. Uh, he did complete twenty two or thirty eight passes for two hundred thirty one yards, six rushes for fifty six. Those were key rushes, as by the way, uh, something that you're not used to seeing from a Rams quarterback because Jared Goff is not the mobile guy that that Walford is, and he was able to display that. Uh, and then right. you transition to you know, your offense, Arizona Cardinals offense, man, we saw some controversial calls or non-calls that happened, you know, with your superstar wide receiver and DeAndre Hopkins. And and the thing is, it's, it's a two-way street when it comes to PIs being called or PIs not being called. And it's all about the side that you're on. And as a defender, you've been on the wrong end of the stick when it comes to PIs being called on you that clearly you were not deserving of receiving. And many feel like D-Hop, he got called for an offensive PI. Many people felt like that should have been a no, uh, a no call. And then they're saying the call in the end zone where Jalen Ramsey was able to uh, break up the pass, the, the defender that was in front of D-Hop made contact before the ball actually got there. And then right. that was a, a non-call as well. And D-Hop felt some type of way. He tweeted out, this got called a PI as the defender was off balance already. Don't mention he's not even going for the ball. Then he was called for an unsportsmanlike penalty for flipping flipping off the ref. The mental aspect of the game and, and the frustration kicks in the part uh, to, to part for you guys. But mentally, seeing that play happen, what were what were going through your mindset? Because as a defender, usually you don't get those calls 
to happen in your favor. Man, man, I was <laughs> for both of them. I was like, I don't know how the heck they didn't call call those flags, man. Because the one, the one that the one in the end zone was kind of close, you know, to the naked eye. That's kind of quick. But the, the for them to call an offensive pass interference on the deep ball, I thought that was a little bogus because now you're saying. I mean, it's kind of like I'm on the offensive side now, but and I'm not. But at the same time, he's my teammate. But I like the game to be called fairly. Yeah. And all DeAndre was doing was going for the football. That's his job, to catch the football. And it wasn't like he altered the uh, the DB body position or anything like, like that. He didn't move him. He didn't do anything. He just tripped and fell. Mm-hmm. And all, D, all, all D-Hop did was catch the ball. So I don't know what the heck the, the referee saw to not call that a DPI or what made him call it an OPI is still just mind-boggling to me because I honestly don't think that Ruff even had a, a clear view of it because yeah. he's like right behind everybody and, and he just saw the guy falling. So he's like, oh, he had to manipulate him to get in position, I'm assuming. Yeah. Okay, and like I said, the season ended for you guys. But uh, the season, the end of the season feeling for you, Pat P, might be a little different right now because of – you know, the abnormal season you guys had to endure. You talked about getting tested every day except game day. You talked about, you know, having restrictions on going into the facility. You talked about not being able to interact with, you know, individuals away from the team, man. But talk about the uphill battle you guys faced in getting to the season and then completing this season, man. How how special was this season or how difficult was this season for you? Being a, a seasoned vet, played a lot of football, National Football League, but never going through a season like you just uh, went through. It was very, very special in, in a sense of we all had to come together to make sure that we took care of one another as far as making sure that we did all our responsibilities of, of staying healthy, staying out of the way, making sure that we're not bringing anything into the locker room and, and spreading it around. And it was just, I don't know, I, I feel like it, it helped us. It helped us grow closer as a team. It helped us be uh, more unified. It helped us be more self-conscious of things that's going on around us. You know what I mean? So definitely disappointing that, you know, that it ended the way that it did because I feel like we definitely had three ball games that we shouldn't have lost. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's a couple teams out there that could be saying the same thing. But like I said, th- these are just some things that, you know, they or we, we have to learn from um, all these uh, lessons that we went through this year, and I, but I do see progress from from 19 to 20, yep. and I can I can continue seeing the uh, the uphill climb and, and the in the direction that the Arizona Cardinals organization is going in, going in right now. So hope I can be a part of it, but you know I know it's a business, and we'll see what happens uh, here pretty soon. Yeah, speaking of the progress, you guys finished eight and eight. You know, three more wins than what you won in 2019. Uh, the final seven ball games, clearly, you didn't you didn't play some of your best football. You finished two and five, but you were able to increase the wins from what you displayed uh, in 2019. And talking about you know your future, man, has it crossed your mind yet that you potentially may have played your last game in the Cardinals uniform? Have you thought about that yet? No, not really, because. I know I haven't played my last game of football, you know, yeah. so at the end of the day, like I said, I know it's business, whatever happens in March or April, whenever that, that time comes, that's, that's, that's what it's going to be. You know what I mean? I know I got to have some, I got some decisions to make for me and my family and, and, and my career and my future. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to have, you know, some time over the next two or three months to, to really sit down and, and, and think about some things. And like I said, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Would you like to continue to, uh, 
finish your career in Arizona and, and because you're, you're in an unfamiliar place right now, you're getting ready to be a free agent. You know what I mean? So you can get a chance to have people coming from everywhere, you know what I mean? Trying to acquire your services. So you, you like the new ski, the new kid in school, you know, <laughs> with all the girls, they, they like who this new face is. So everybody trying to go ahead and put their dibs in to the new guy that that's walking through the hallways now. So you're the new right. kid in school, but you know, do you want to stay in Arizona or, or, or are you looking for something else or, you know, what's, what's going through your, your, your mindset right now? You know, I would, I would love to, you know, yeah. but at the end of the day, you know, we have to see because the ball's in their court now, you know, I have, so we have to see what, you know, what they offer or what direction they want to go in and everything's out of my hands at this point. No question. Know, so I feel like I've done everything that I have done, I could have done over the, you know, over the last 10 years. I believe breaking the, consecutively uh pro bowl votings um in 10 years being you know one of three members on the all decade team 10 years one or two players that that's been all pro at two different positions you know so you know i, I believe the resume uh, speaks for itself so you know at the end of the day like i said the ball's in their court we'll see what happens here in the, at the end of the day Hey, I saw, I, I, I got what you just did too. You just kind of, you kind of low key just kind of gave us some of them accolades, you know what I mean? Over the last few years, like, okay, I see what you're doing. <laughs> but they say what Wayne said, uh, compensation over conversation. That's what your boy right. Wayne said, right? <laughs> hey, sure. how would you evaluate your 10th season in the league personally? You know, I think I had some ebbs and flows, but I just think it comes back to not necessarily the position I was put in. I just feel like, um, me as a, as a man to man, corner and I know most teams understand how I play I just feel like I have to I have to run through a lot more traffic so I have to find ways to if that's something that we're going to continue to do I have to find better ways on getting through traffic running mm-hmm. from those from from crosses because if you look at nine times out of ten the plays I'm getting beat on is just overs but I'm in man to man but I'm all I'm doing is chasing the receiver because he's going straight to his route now I gotta I gotta try to find a way to avoid not only the other receiver that's trying to come over to pick me, but I got to avoid the linebackers and still try to get into my coverage. So I, th- I thought I had a, a okay season. Um, I think I, I could have been, I could have done better. Could have been in position to make a couple more plays, but overall, I thought uh, I finished the season healthy. You know, anytime you can finish the season healthy, especially at this stage of my career, you know, that's a blessing. So I can't complain about that, but you know, I think the future is very bright for me. I just want to, continue being um, innovative in my game and, and, and making sure that I'm doing whatever I need to do to stay on top of my game and, and continue playing the game at a high level. And let's get this out there. You still want to play at least five more years, right? Four or five more years. I remember you said that early in the show. Yes, sir. Yeah, six, 16 is the minimum. Ooh, 16. I mean, yeah, you still super young, Pat. You ain't nothing but a little baby. You little baby still, man. Yeah, so, man. So, my hey. Body I body feel like that too, so that's 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 a plus. I know one thing. Whenever that time come, if Cardinals offer you a nice contract, you're willing to stay in AZ or if another organization offer you a nice contract, I know all things covered will be the first to hear it. Oh, no doubt that, about it. For sure. that, that's a given. So we're going to be the first to break that ticker. Now it's time for Around the League. Here's where we visit some of the news throughout the National Football League, highlight some of the games from this past weekend. Uh, it was a very, very important weekend for the National Football League. Week 17, there was a lot at stake for a lot of organizations, and there were a few organizations that didn't have anything to play for but pride. And the game that mm-hmm. I'd like to highlight with you, Pat P, NFC rivals, the Washington Football Club visited Philadelphia, home of the cheesesteaks. I love the cheesesteaks, by the way. The Eagles. 
Nothing you get, to play you for. The, you get you get the Wiz or you get mozzarella. Mozzarella. It depends. Okay. And I'm gonna tell you one thing I like about Philly too. When you okay. go to Philly, they have some of the best cheese steak egg rolls. Have you ever had that yet before? Oh yeah. It, it, oh, yeah. And put it in that in that in that duck sauce. Ooh, uh-huh. Them cheese steak egg rolls are on point. Shout out to Philadelphia with those cheese steak egg rolls. Yes, but sir. Washington, they visited the Eagles, Pat P. Uh, they needed to win the ball game to get into the playoffs. The New York Giants players, fans, they were all rooting for the Philadelphia Eagles because they needed help. Because if they beat Washington, the Giants would have snuck into the playoffs. Uh, but there's a story behind the story. Long story short, the Washington Football Club, they won. Huge win for them. Uh, Riverboat Ron came through with a huge game plan. They were able to be successful and get to the playoffs. The other part of that story the Eagles kind of laid down. Now, Pat, I know you were traveling from Los Angeles back home to Arizona, so you didn't get a chance to really see the ins and out of the ball game. But let me fill you in. Also, for the same can be said for the listeners and the viewers who who have not heard this story yet. Doug Peterson basically gave Washington a late Christmas gift. Number one, to start the game, he rested a lot of his key players, key contributors on both sides of the football. Even young running back Miles Sanders was not in the lineup. Number two, Jalen Hurts a guy who we believe could be the quarterback going forward, but lacks a lot of experience, was started the ball game, didn't play well, had some bumps and some bruises he was going through, but eventually he removed Jalen Hurts for career backup, career third stringer, and Nate Sudfeld. And, man, people went crazy when they saw that. Basically, in my opinion, Pat P, when you make a move like that, along with some of the decisions he made, his in-game decisions he decided to go with, it felt like he could care less if they lost the ball game. Now, here's the kicker, though, Pat P, listeners and viewers. Mm-hmm. If the Eagles won that ball game, they would have the ninth overall selection in the first round in this upcoming NFL draft. If they lost, they would have the sixth overall selection in this upcoming draft. They lost, so now they're currently slotted to pick number six, in the draft. If you were part of that team, Pat P, because I know how I would feel. How would you feel seeing, seeing, it seemed like the organization and Doug Peterson was like, we're not really trying to win this ball game. How would you feel? I mean, it depends because, you know, like you said, he rested a lot of key players in that ball game. So to, to go out there. So initially it seemed, and I didn't, like you said, I didn't watch this game. I'm just going off the information that you just gave me. So going into that game, it, it really seemed like they didn't want to win anyway because they wanted to give other guys opportunities. Okay, so let me read you this statement. See, this is what okay. got me fired up a little bit, right? All right? Doug Peterson's statement. At at the end of the game, I was coaching to win. Nate has been here for four years, and I felt he deserved an opportunity to get some snaps. Jalen Hurts, his his statement. I know Coach had a plan to go about it the way he did, and he stuck to his plan. So if you were coaching to win, you don't put a quarterback who you know doesn't give you a chance to win. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I got you. Right? I got you. So, yeah, so that, yeah. that, that, that got me fired up. Don't tell me, Coach. No, no, no. Come in the locker room and tell us you were trying to win. Stop lying, man. You know, good and well, right. Nate said, for best case scenario, he doesn't give us a chance to win this ball game. Right. Best case yeah. scenario. Right? We know yeah, who he is I, as a player. Right. I agree. I, I agree with you on that one. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't come in and feed us that. That, that, that fake noise talking about you, that's the, that, that gave us the best opportunity of, of winning. I, I would have been more pleased if he would have said something else that, you know, our plan was, if, like Jalen said, our plan was to come in, have Jalen go ha- about halfway yep. and get, you know, and, and, and get Nate some snaps. Yeah. I, we would have been perfectly fine with that. Don't say that I was, I was coaching, coaching to win. win. 
and Nate's been here for four years. I think he deserves an opportunity for some snap. I'll just say that as an organization, you know, we want to protect our, our future franchise quarterback. And we wanted to put Nate in there because we don't have our, our full force of protection in front of him. We don't have all of our all of our stars on deck to be able to help him. So we're not going to put him in harm's way. So this is why we are putting Nate in there. And the thing, I, the thing I would like to emphasize, listeners and viewers, all things covered. We're talking about Doug Peterson basically giving Washington Football Club a gift uh, and, and allowing them to win that game, to say the least. If this was a player, right, that kind of display the same thing, not going about his business full force and his team loses the ball game. Think about the onslaught of criticism that said player would face. You know what I'm saying? And then if that player came back, let's say if it was a quarterback, right? And he was like, man, you know what? Basically he I just played that. horrible. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I, I threw picks left and right. And then the first thing he said at the mic, I played to win this ball game. Right. Oh, like really? And we know coaches are held to a different, a higher standard than players and than players on and off the football field. All I'm saying is don't come out and lie to us and say you coached to win that ball game. No, you did not. You right. coached to get through a game healthy right. <laughs> and in all likelihood you wanted to lose to have a better draft position. Right. Basically. Period. Period. No question. Yeah. As the kids say today, period. Period. Now, also, when you talk about what happened with the Washington Football Club and the Philadelphia Eagles, what they usually call it, Black Monday, the, the very, very next, uh, you know, next day yep. after Sunday, a lot of coaches get fired. Uh, we had three coaches fired in the past 24 hours. Uh, Adam Gates got fired by the Jets. No surprise there. Doug Marone got fired by the Jaguars. No surprise there. I think the biggest surprise happened out in Los Angeles with yeah. the Chargers firing Anthony Lynn. Mm-hmm. Uh, man. When you look at teams firing their coach, Pat P, man, what is the feeling when you know a change might be coming? Because you've been around an organization in Arizona with, you know, new head coach. Heck, mm. you just, you know, uh, hired Cliff Kingsbury, what, a Two few years, years ago, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah. yeah, what's going through the mind knowing that you may have a new head coach and a new staff? Well, you know, if, you, if you're one of those guys that have, you know, like a couple more years on your contract or you have a guy that maybe has, you know, maybe a year on his contract, you kind of wonder and, and think, you know, what type of guy they're going to bring in? Do I fit in their system? You know, am I the type of player or the type of guy that they need in a system to system to make this thing go? So um, those are first initial thoughts that go through your head. And obviously you want to, you can't wait to see who the hire is and wait, to, wait for him to get into the, to the locker room and just see how, how he uh, conducts practice, how he talks to players, how kind of meeting times and things like that. So um, the biggest thing is once you find out that a change is coming and you just, you just, anxious to know who who who's the next guy coming in like what he's going to be able to bring to the table to help you know turn this organization around yeah there's going to be a lot of openings i mean uh, there's going to be a lot of openings for head coaches and Atlanta. Same, be, Atlanta same for yeah, gms you got uh, the falcons as well so uh there are a lot of moving pieces the carolina panthers they're looking for a new gm so there's going to be a lot of change throughout the national football league can't wait to see exactly who the first head coach to get that opportunity and usually that said head coach comes from a successful program and speaking of success the playoffs are right around the corner pat p you play in the nfc i know you've been kind of paying a little attention to what's going on outside the arizona cardinals when you look at the nfc who would you say is the most dangerous team in the nfc right now currently in the playoffs uh i'll probably go with green bay yes um, sir. they look pretty good they're just going to come down can they defense 
be stout enough at the end to, you know, keep, to keep people out of the end zone. I think Rocket, Rocket Man and, uh, Devontae Adams got something going special right now. And that two-headed monster they got in the backfield is something special. And also, you got to go play in the climates. So <laughs> I think that's definitely, um, on their side right now. So for them to get that win, um, yesterday to clinch that, that, that first, that first seed, I thought that was huge for them because now you got to go out there in that freezing, chilling Wisconsin weather. No question. Find a way to get a dub. So. Yeah, um, I think right now NFC. I, it's, it's it's to me, it's between them and uh, Seattle. You can never count a old dangerous Russell. Oh, and speaking of Seattle, I was going to ask you because of the uh, you know familiarity you have with going against the Rams and the Seahawks. I guess you're picking Seattle to, to beat the Rams this week. Oh yeah, because yeah, okay. And yeah, why are you why are you rolling with Seattle to beat the Rams? Now, number one, granted, we don't even know that's the health status of Jared Goff, but if let's say Jared Goff is scheduled to play, you still picking Seattle? Yeah. Gotcha. 100%. Because Seattle has the perfect defense for, for what they do. All they do is play, you know, play cover three zones, have everybody playing with eyes, melting everything back to the middle of the, to the middle of the field. And you forcing them to make the mistakes. Now they don't do a lot of, you know, chasing receivers or running uh-huh. in between routes and stuff like that. So they're, yeah. they're more sitting back and playing with vision and letting the routes come to them versus chasing the running after the routes. And Pat P, listeners and viewers, when it comes to the gambling aspect, oh, I'm gonna have me a nice parlay this weekend. Seattle, they're four point, they're four and a half points favored over the Rams. Now I wonder will that line change upon hearing if Jared Goff is healthy or if he's injured and he won't play. But right now the line is four and a half. I think it's going to be a close ball game because I really respect and love the Rams defense, but that line could probably increase depending on what happens with Jared Goff. So you might want to jump on that line right now, Seahawks, yeah. if you think the Seahawks will win, giving four and a half uh, to the Los Angeles Rams. Let's transition to the AFC. One of the hottest teams in the AFC, when you look at how the teams finish that are currently in the playoffs, Pat P, is the Buffalo Bills. And uh-huh. your team and the Cardinals were their last team to beat the Buffalo Bills in that Hale Murray attempt that was successful. Played Looking at Kansas City and how, you know, prolific they've been this season, do you believe the Buffalo Bills probably is the toughest competitor for the Chiefs? Yeah, because they can put up points. Um, they have a high power offense that can, that, that can sustain the high power offense of the Chiefs. Um, their defense is solid. You know, I think both defenses are solid. You know, it's just going to come down to which defense can make that play, you know, because we know it's going to be, 50 passes thrown between each quarterback. So that's a hundred passes right there. So the secondary is definitely going to have the opportunities to make plays um, if they do happen to meet up against each other. But I can't wait for that matchup to be, I, I, I think that's definitely the AFC uh, championship. If the Bills are able to, to do what they need to do um, here in these first two rounds, because the Chiefs going to have a little bit easier walk there because they, they'll have the first round by and, and play whoever the winner, I believe out of Tennessee and, Whoever Tennessee plays. Tennessee plays Baltimore. That's a scary team, yeah, too. So Baltimore think, Ravens, yeah. boy. They're playing so they some real play, hot football right now. Yeah, they'll play. Uh, uh, but it's going to come down to see if my man Lamar can, can, can jump the hurdle this year, man. You remember? Yeah. He, he, he haven't won a playoff game yet. So listen, listen, the, the, the narrative had kind of, it, it's changed a little bit because remember the last two years that Lamar played in the postseason, the expectations were high with Baltimore. They were, yeah, they were the favorites to win that said ball game at home. They lost. And it's a rematch, two years, too. Yeah, yeah. You remember the, his his first year, 
Chargers beat them. And then last year, Tennessee went up to Baltimore and beat them. Now they're traveling, right? So I think the pressure is not the same as it was for Lamar Jackson and Baltimore. And the way they've been playing against this Tennessee Titans defense, I like Baltimore to win that ball game. So that's going to be an intriguing matchup. And that might be a team you don't want to face in the playoffs. So Baltimore get past Tennessee, man, it's really going to get sticky. And then I got the Bills playing the Colts. I like the Bills in that matchup as well. So, yeah. man, listen, this playoff football is must-see TV. You don't want to miss oh, yeah. any game because you're seeing good on good and you're going to see quality action. But now it's halftime for us. Before we get to our break, we want to remind our listeners and viewers where you can get more All Things Covered content, podcasts, anywhere they are found, including Apple, Spotify, and Stitcher, YouTube, youtube.com slash All Things Covered, Instagram at All Things Covered Pod, Twitter at ATC Covered Pod, ATC all caps, the P in pod capitalized as well. Now, Make sure you stay tuned. We're going, we, we're going to take a quick, quick break into halftime. But on the other side, we'll be joined by an outstanding guest, former NFL player, Pittsburgh Steelers Super Bowl champion, former LSU Tiger, Ryan Clark. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Listeners and viewers, guess what? We back from halftime. We got a chance to hydrate. Got some oranges in our system. Now it's time to attack this second half. And guess what we did? Pat P a corner. I play a corner. We decided to add a safety, a hard-hitting safety to our secondary. One of the best guys to do it when he was patrolling the, sec- the secondary for many different organizations. 13-year NFL safety, NFL vet, Super Bowl 43 champion with the Pittsburgh Steelers, 2011 Pro Bowler, former teammate of mine, great friend of mine, He's also an, a former LSU Tiger, Gore Tigers in the words of Coach O, current <laughs> football analyst, ESPN. You can follow him at RealClark25 on Twitter, and I think he has the same handle name for Instagram as well, at RealClark25 on IG. Ryan Clark, man, appreciate you for joining us here on All yes, Things sir. Covered. How's everything going with you? Well, honestly, B Mac, now that I'm on here, I can say it. I was starting to feel some type of way, man. Like y'all had a lot of guests. And I was like, so I play with B Mac, right? <laughs> so I know he know me. I mean, Pat P went to my school. I crashed his wedding. I was like, <laughs> at some point, I'm gonna be on the show. And I was like, dang. So I'm checking, I'm like, man, it's week 17. <laughs> I was like, I must be bad. What? Hey, I was like, I must be bad as hell on TV. Them boys don't want me to come ruin the show. 
Hey, wait a bit now, no. RZ, RZ. You know, I called you some weeks ago, but you was busy. You, you, you had your schedule. You had your whole brochure lined up about all the events you had here, your appearances virtually and everything. Yeah. So you can't say that, Pat. You don't do us like that because I did reach out to you some weeks ago. But we got you on here now. That's how we're going to tap in the new year. You feel me? We're going to break yeah. ground with 2021. I mean, we had, we had Shaq on last week, LSU Tiger. We brought you in on this week, man. It's an honor having us on, having you on here because I know you're going to be unfiltered. You're going to be real and we're going to have fun. And I got, before we, before we get started, Pat P, listeners and viewers, I got a funny story about RC. Can I give y'all guys a little, a little funny <laughs> story about RC, right? Pat P, I'm going to tell you down memory lane, right? You feel me? Rock with me. Rock with me. So I already know what this is. Going. Yeah. We, we signed RC 2006. Uh-huh. This was my second year. This is my second year. So I'm starting to get more comfortable around the guys. Grant, we had just won a right. championship. So we go to Latrobe PA and they were like, <laughs> uh, B Mac, here's your room. So I said, well, dang, who my roommate? Right. It's like, oh, you got, you got Ryan Clark. I said, well, okay, you know, Clark, so he seemed pretty cool. We had already kind of vibe a little bit in OTAs, <laughs> mini camps, you right. know what I mean? So he seemed to be pretty cool. You know what I mean? He, he a Louisiana guy. Most guys I know from the state of Louisiana, they all cool. They all down to earth. You know what I mean? Got that little New Orleans accent. You know, they ask, they ask you a question. They answer at the same time. Hey, you going to the store? No. I'm like, what the freak? I don't understand what that means, but I guess that's what you guys say from where y'all from. Boot, you know what I'm saying? Right. So, hey, Pat. The very first night we in our room. So, you know, in the, in the, in the dorm rooms, you know, we trying to set up the TV, trying to get the, uh, the eggshells on the bed so you can sleep comfortable, trying to get mm-hmm. your sheets together. One thing I know about RC, he's a clean guy. Now he's a clean guy. Yeah. He had his little shoes lined up. I mean, he was like, okay, he neat. I'm neat. We good. Man, Pat Pete, we're asleep. I'm sleeping. <laughs> and, 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 and the window was the outside light was coming through the window a little bit. So it was like a little, a little shadow of light that I could see oh. in our room. But I'm sleep and I'm literally facing RC. I'm sleeping on the side that I'm looking at RC. And while I'm sleep, I'm not all the way in a dead sleep, but I'm sleep, but I'm still kind of up. So what happened was I heard somebody hit the ground. What the freak? So I'm just laying down, but I open my eyes. When I open my eyes, I see RC on all fours on the ground. I said, what the freak is wrong with this dude? So he just looking around like he was like an animal, bro. Like he was like an iguana. You know how iguanas be on the ground? So I'm like, what the hell is going on with this dude? So at first I was scared to say something. So I act like I wasn't really looking at him, but I'm looking uh-huh. at him. I'm super nervous. Cause I'm like, bro, I know RC, but I really don't know RC. And I don't right. know where he is mentally. So I'm like, man, what the freak? I said, oh shoot, this man, this man went crazy on me. So he's just looking around. He was just in a deep sweat, bro. He was just sweating. I said, hey, I said, hey, man, what you trying to do, bro? <laughs> hey, Pat, I thought I had to, I thought I had to brace myself. I thought we was gonna go to war. So I'm like, man, what you trying no, to do? Be back. But here's what happened, what happened? Pat. See, so you remember when snakes on the plane came out, right? Yeah. And that's when Samuel L was like, his uh-huh. mother effing snakes on this. So that night we saw the preview or the trailer before I went to sleep. Uh-huh. Right, and on the end, of, at the end of the trailer, <laughs> the screen go black, and a snake jump out. Bruh, I'm in a dead sleep, and somehow I start dreaming about the trailer, uh-huh. and in my dream, it goes black, bro, <laughs> and the snake jumped at me, and so I hopped out of the bed. Like that jump felt so real. Hey man, <laughs> I had one of those dreams before, man. I I, I know where you're coming from, Marcy. <laughs> hey, you had a dream about snakes too? Like I was crazy. Not not no snake, but I had a dream that I was like. I jumped off of like somebody was running after me and I like jumped off this cliff to get away from him and it felt like I was flying and I just got out of bed. I was like, whoa. 
the heck just happened? It just felt so real. Like <laughs> P, this man was on the ground like a iguana, bro. Like low to the ground, like he was trying to crawl underneath the bed, man. That that's what freaked me out. I'm like, man, said, I'm like, he man, said the snake jumped get... down on Matt. He said, the man, snake I didn't know that. Man, I thought he was possessed. I was gonna tell what Coach Cow, I need what, a new roommate. What you should have thought, thought was this boy is agile. But you should have thought he was <laughs> agile for this man to jump out of the bed, land on all fours, on his fingertips, on his toes. Bro, that's some real life Spider Man stuff. Yeah, you, I that's you just like Spider Man, no question, no question. But man, RC man, let's 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 start in the beginning of your career. Coming out of high school, Louisiana man, New Orleans man, you were able to go to LSU. Uh, what was the reputation of LSU at that time in the LSU defense upon you signing with that university? <laughs> man, they didn't have no reputation. I wanted to go right. to Notre Dame, and so you know it wasn't like LSU wasn't like that yet, and mm-hmm. you know. Kevin Falk, who is now the running backs coach, he made it cool to go to LSU. Kevin Falk's high school All-American team was Randy Moss and Charles Woodson. So when a dude like that from the state goes there, it's different now. Mm -hmm. And so he was there. Booger was there. Chuck Wiley played defense. And, man, how I decided to go to school, I was on the back of a bus uh, with Ed Reed, his, his high school head coach and my high school head coach forced us to go to Tulane because they were recruiting other people on our team. You know what I'm saying, Matt? You know how they'll be like, hey, B-Mag, I know you're not going to go there, but they recruit so-and-so, take the visit. Yeah, right. And so I, I take the visit, and me and Ed are on the back of the bus, and I was like, say, bro, because at the time, he was number one in the state, I was number two. There was like, I was like, hey, man, where are you going to go to school? And he goes, he's like, well, I'm going to go to Miami. And I was like, oh, cool, then I'll go to LSU. And that was how I kind of <laughs> <laughs> I kind of decided, you know what I mean? And, and and that was the way it happened. But the other part was, you know, you met my mom before, V-Mat. You know, she don't say much. Uh, extremely quiet, but she's a big prayer. You know what I mean? Like my mom, that's all. And so when I was having trouble picking the school because I was thinking about going to Tennessee, but also thought about going to Arizona, you know her, let's have a prayer circle, right? Yeah. So we have a prayer circle, bro. And I told this story for the first time like two years ago on Mike and, uh, Mike. And Mike. And so, man, we, we I go to sleep, bro, and I have a deja vu, right? I have a dream that LSU beats Florida 28-21, and I was on the sideline. So the next morning, I wake up. I tell my mom about the dream. A little bit later, I end up committing. That was the year Fred T. was there. Remember, they were really good. They were number one. Mm-hmm. They were the number one team in the country, uh, LSU, and I, and I was on the sideline. I committed, obviously, and we beat them 28-21, and everybody rushes the field. You know, and it's one of those things, like, after you tell your parents that, they obviously think you're full of crap. You know right. what I mean? And, and, and then when they see it, and we kind of, like, looked at each other, smiled after the game, to have that type of deja vu. And now, it was already written I was going to go there. You know, God had ordained that. But I thought it was cool to, you know, to pray that night, have that dream, to have that dream, you know, come true and be a reality. I always thought that was a dope story of, like, even when times were bad and I was injured in camp, you know, the next years of dealing with stuff. I was like, this is where I was supposed to be. So I never really had that question. You know, also, too, we didn't have the transfer portal like these boys these days. You can leave school because right. <laughs> they don't wash your freaking clothes right. Right. And <laughs> hey, so, Ryan, obviously, staying out on the LSU Tigers campus, what do you think got us to this point to help us claim that status of being DBU? You? I mean, if I'm going to be honest, uh, mm-hmm. started with you, obviously, and – you know, to, to, to get the status, two things have to happen, right? You got to be really – I mean, three things. You got to be really good in college. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to get drafted really high, but you got to play well in the league. Like it doesn't it doesn't really matter if you get you know five dudes win the thought and they all are terrible in the league, right? Right. And so you know, so we get you, and then after you is Mo Claiborne and Tyron in the same year, right? right. Then then Eric Reed, you know what I mean? And so now you getting all like, but Mo, I think Mo won the thought and Tyron won the Gursky or something like that, right? You know what yeah. I mean? So you got DBs who fighting over different awards from the same school because they were right. that good, and so now. You know, cats start to play really well in the league. And, you know, you, you had dudes like LeBron that were drafted right. early. And so now it's, you know, Jamal and, and Shaq. And so we got all these people right. who are not only great college players, but you guys get drafted high and then ball. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was kind of cool for me that, like, when we became and that started to be a thing, I was the old head in the league. You know what I mean? So it almost kind of got me noticed in a way, you know, that, Y'all boys were balling, and then it came to me, and it was like, oh, shoot, you've been in the league 10 years. You went to LSU. I kind of got grandfathered into DBU because, <laughs> hey, because when I was there, Tim Couch was throwing for 500 yards. Well, shoot, you know Tim Couch was throwing 500 yards on everybody. He <laughs> <laughs> lying, boy. He was throwing for 500 on everybody back in them days. Yeah. Hey, but, uh, hey, but back in your days, y'all had some y'all had some stunners too, man. They had Travis, had my boy uh, C-Webb. Uh, who else you guys had uh, in the secondary? When That's what was t- uh, this, this is crazy though. I'm older than all of them though. Yeah, see, yeah, so uh, you, Corey Webster them with me because T Daniels yeah, and yeah, Travis Daniels with me. Hey, boys with me. So exactly. You, you, didn't play, you didn't play with neither one of them. I played with so so Corey was there a year, but he played receiver. Okay. Ah. Uh, right. So, yeah. Okay. So so and so Nick would tell Corey every day to move. He would try to get him to move every day, and Corey never wanted to move. Right. And eventually, because we had Mike Clayton and some of them boys, he forced him to move, and he had like eight picks in back-to-back years, ends up being an All-American. Mm. Yep, right. You know, so 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 you know, but even though, even though we had Corey and Travis, I just don't think the school, you know, still had that name. It was when number seven became a thing, right? right. When, when Pat wears seven, and then Tyron takes seven over, and you, so people started looking like, okay, I want to be Pat P. Or, or every five foot nine defensive back in the country wanted to be Tyron Matthew. Right. And now Corey, Corey Raymond could go to anybody's house he wants to and say, look, you come here, you're going to be an All-American, you're going to have a chance to win the Thorpe, you could be a first-round pick. Right. And I think that's kind of when it started. So Nick Saban gets the job after your sophomore year, right? And 20 years ago, I guess 20 years ago, could you ev- envision him going down as probably the best coach to ever do it in college football? Absolutely. You saw Absolutely. that, then. Mac. He 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 was always the same way. You know how you know how we talk about it, Mac. It's like I don't have to like you. I just have to know you. Yeah, right, right. And what I mean by that is, if you're a bad dude, just be a bad dude every day, and I can deal with you. Because now mm-hmm. I know I can keep my space, or right. I know how to deal with you. But mm-hmm. it's when you flip flop on me and, and you change who you are day in and day out. Now I'm always on edge, right? Because I don't right. know what you I'm gonna get. Nick was the same way from the time I met him, bro, until he left. And he understood people. Like, Nick was really hard on me. You know what I mean? Uh, my, my junior year, I quit the team at bowl practice, right? <laughs> you quit? I quit. I was, and, and, and Pat P knows this. I'm sure you've been there too, Matt. <laughs> at the time, the practice field didn't have locker rooms, so we didn't have an ops. So you, yeah. we used to drive from the stadium. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, t- I took my pads off and was walking to the stadium, bro. And so, B-Mac, B-Mac, you know I'm going to do a lot of stuff, bro. I ain't going to miss no check, though. 
right? Yeah. And I've always been like that. So, man, I was a little late on the check, Mac, and so he started cussing me. I said, all right, coach, all right, coach, I got it. And he felt like I was cutting him off uh-huh. and not letting him finish his statement. Man, that boy called me everything but a child of God, man. <laughs> and, you know, and, Matt, you got to think, at this time, man, I was all SEC. Yeah. I had balled. I was like, I was like, bro, I make every single check. Like, don't even buy – nobody even know the defense. Right. You know, he treat me like this. I done took him all, Pat. He uh, <laughs> threw it all. Right. I, I'm, I'm walking. And now, now I'm mad because now I got to walk because the bus wasn't going to take the right. You know what I mean? And uh, and I remember, man, you know, this is when you can tell your mom stuff. So my mom comes up to talk to him. And, uh, you know, she asked him why – because I was like, Coach, every time something happens, it's always me, man. You always cuss me. I was like, this dude's do all this stuff. And he said, that's because I know – if they hear me talk to you like that, they'll listen. He said, the mm-hmm. other thing I know is I can talk to you that way or I can approach you that way. You'll hear me. You'll get it fixed, but you can still play. He said, right. a lot of people can't play after that. He's yeah. like, some people, you get on them and they go in the shell. He's like, whereas right. you, he's like, you're such a fighter. He's like, I get on you. He's like, and it even magnifies more your leadership or the way that you continue to work. He said, and I saw that. He said, so I knew I could do that. He's like, some of these kids, if I get on, they're going to go home. Right. You know, and so he just always understood how to deal with people. He was always meticulous about the way he worked. And two men, uh, I used to mess with him about his height all the time. And mm-hmm. uh, Fred Booker, who was the, my roommate at the time, he goes, Deuce, he's from Hammond. Hey, Deuce, I'm telling you, Deuce, you keep talking. You ain't going to start. And, and Nick <laughs> turned around to him. Nick turned around to him. He said, man, no matter how many jokes he make, he going to start because I want to win. Uh-huh. And and though it was a it was a joke to him and he was laughing, it kind of gave me a peep into who he was though. Mm-hmm. Like all this other stuff is what it is, but when it comes to winning football games, that's what I'm here to do. And yeah. I just wish, you know, I wish he's still at LSU and he wouldn't have took a, a brief trip to Miami. We right. might have seven of them things. Yeah. And yeah, it's crazy that you talked about because I think we talked about this two weeks ago, Mac on our show. That's exactly how uh BA was on us as a, as a, as a secondary, because he used to come in team meetings and just always just curse out the secondary. So I had to pull, I had to pull him out to the side. Like coach, man, we the hardest working t- uh, unit on Like, why are you always coming at us? He said, cause I know y'all going to respond and I know y'all going to handle it. Cause when I talk mm-hmm. to y'all a certain way, it's going to feel y'all to where it's going to fuel the team because I can't mm-hmm. talk to everybody the same way. So, now that's what great coaches got in, got in, um, in common that they know how to get to the players that they need to get to, to make sure that the other players can follow suit. No doubt. No doubt. No yeah, doubt. Man. Hey, so Ryan, you went, um, what was your process like when you went undrafted? Did you, did you have that mindset of still going into the league or, or you wanted to do something else? Like what was your thought process? Well, right now I'm supposed to be a head coach somewhere cussing okay. people out on, on Zoom <laughs> calls, uh, in, in the media. Like that was the plan. Um, you know, man, like I almost didn't try out at all for the league. Like I almost didn't do pro day or any of those things. I was just kind of tired. My mom kind of urged me to do it. So I, I knew where I was as far as going to be undrafted. And I like, I really wasn't tripping. And then, uh, on the way to camp, my mom drops me off the airport. She hugs me and she was like, don't come home without a job. Mm. You know, and that, and that always stuck with me. Like that was my mindset. Like don't go home without a job, you know, and I continue to think that way. And I continue to be that way. I made the team the first year. I was cut in, like, mid-year. And then I was a practice squad receiver. You know how they do. I was practice mm-hmm. squad receiver, DB. And if I was that receiver, I was trying to catch touchdowns. If I was that right. DB, I wanted to guard Jeremy Shockey every day because I knew that's right. where they were going with the ball. I knew it would make me better. And uh, it was cool. We had a consultant there 
And he told me, because the next year I started at nickel and played dime, he told me, he's like, we didn't realize how good of a football player you were until you started playing practice squad. He's mm-hmm. like, you know, we didn't know that you were athletic and could do certain things. And so that, you know, it ended up being a good thing for me. And then I got cut after my second year and uh, somebody had bought me a book uh, around that time about prayer. And uh, so I was kind of cool. So I go up to see Muschamp because Muschamp's the D.C. And I was like, mm-hmm. hey, coach, what's the process of becoming a grad assistant? The next day, the, I started praying. I was like, God, you know, I'd like to get one more chance to, to play. I get that chance. I go to camp. Uh, I make the team. And that's where I met Sean, Sean Taylor, you know. Mm-hmm. And it, it was it was one of those things. Like, I saw a dude who I admired his talent. I admired the way that he could do certain things that other humans couldn't. Mm-hmm. And he kind of – he admired the way that I never took no for an answer. He admired the way that I was going to fight no matter what the depth charts did. And, you know, and he became my closest friend on the team at the time. And so, you know, I look at it like those traits that allowed me to play 13 years also allowed me to build friendships based on mutual respect. And that was my thing. I went undrafted and, you know, it always said I wouldn't go home without a job. Man, playing alongside Sean Taylor, I know how you feel about Sean, and um, I got a chance to see Sean up and close and personal because of our Florida State-Miami battles. And seeing what he did, you know, throughout his career, granted, it was very, very short because I think the sky was the limit for him. I know you believe he had a chance to be one of the greatest ones to do it, right? What made Sean Taylor so special? He was fearless, you know, and I, and I think that comes with great talent, though. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it comes with great talent, but – we were around Troy, who was also in a great talent. Troy actually had fear, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like if you ever talked to Troy, Troy is very honest about the things he was scared about. Mm-hmm. He never looked like he played. He never looked like he played that way. But Troy was like extremely human. Yep. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Though Sean didn't speak much about it, you could see it. Like he just wasn't scared. Like I remember, bro, we playing Ocho Cinco, and this is when Chad was Chad. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And Chad and Chad's bouncing around in front of the huddle, and Sean was a, a rookie, you know, and they both had gold fronts then for the game. Mm, yeah. So Chad, and this is, you know, this one, Chad ain't back down from nobody talking this stuff, and Sean walks in front of our huddle, right, this, this um, TV timeout, and tells him, he's like, by the end of this day, I'm going to be the only one out here with gold teeth. And it was like a little mm. more colorful language, you yeah. know what I mean? And BMAC, all I'm worried about is getting routed up. <laughs> I, said, I, ain't, I ain't talking hey look i ain't talking to nobody i don't want nobody to be mad i don't want nobody putting no extra sauce on their routes I don't want <laughs> right and so and we had basically schemed up this two this man under call b mac because they yeah. they had the same check when they saw press on the outside it was a go ball early in the game to ocho cinco i was supposed to pick it Mac. Mm-hmm. right and at this point i ain't got no pick yet it's my third year my first year starting i was like i'm about to get this pick Oh, it's going to, I'm about to, man, I break. I did it perfect, B Mac. I go up to get the pick, dang Sean, and caught it. You know what I mean? And like, <laughs> and, but like, that was the thing about him, man. Like, he was just different. Like, he, he was special and he could, you know, he could do everything. I'm not going to lie, B Mac. As I got later on in my career and I didn't have to play nickel and dime, if it was one on ones, if we in camp, I'm covering the seventh receiver. That's right. the one I want. Pat P, <laughs> See, B Mac, y'all, hey, Pat P, B Mac, y'all go get one and two. <laughs> I'm gonna be somewhere down the line on number seven, or you put me on Matt Spate. 
<laughs> you said match day. Hey, hey, you know what? Honestly, it, it make it makes a lot of sense what you're saying that because now that I think about our one-on-one battles in training camp, you would be chilling on that knee until you see somebody walk up who probably about eight or nine on that depth chart, and you gonna give them that business. <laughs> They're going to be like, man, I, I know he just played middle of the field, but look at his feet. Look at man. His feet. Oh, my God. That's so hey, they, they, That's what got you some dime reps, too. You're out there covering them boys yeah. in one-on-one drills. Great technique. But R, hey, Pat, be, RZ be just be chilling, boy. We be having all the little fast guys come up first. We be out there working. RZ, oh, right. I got somebody. Come get me somebody right quick. Go ride them up decent. Put them hands on them. Oh, man, that's pretty Hey, B man, it, it was about doing the smart thing, but I say that to say, do you remember David Patton? Do you oh yeah, 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 yeah. David could run, bro. No, he like, was super. He was like four two, right? Super fast, right? Mm-hmm. So Sean's rookie year, we doing one on ones, and just like always, I'm waiting for Chris Cooley or somebody like that to pop up. I'm not tripping. This yeah. is the third string slot. I got yeah. him. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Sean jumps out there on David Patton, and he was like two thirty five at the time. Yeah. So he presses, so he pressed him, right? David beat him off the line, though, inside. He got him, stacking, going to the post. Sean chases him down, bro. He slid both of his arms around David's helmet, right? So imagine David running, trying to catch the ball like this. Sean slid his hands around his helmet and took the ball from in front of him oh, like this. Man. And picked and it. Starts, and picked it and started running down the field. Man, we went crazy. And that's when I knew that I wasn't going to get to do none of the cool stuff and watch. Then <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, it looks like I'm going to do everything he don't want to do because ain't no way I can do that. Right. Yeah, sure, that's I was special. He definitely was special, RZ. No doubt about it. Amazing football no player, No doubt man. about it, man. I believe he was a free agent, ended up going to a Pittsburgh. At mm-hmm. the yeah, the best, the best organization. Uh, yeah. Make sure what you was, that, uh, yeah, the, uh, well, the best organization <laughs> in football, if, if Mac want me to, to allude to that status. What is uh, one of the most things you remember about Mike Tomlin first training camp? It was too dang hard, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, he was tripping, dog. Like, man, <laughs> bro, like, we speak had real to, Speak on the RZ. <laughs> Yo, Pat, we had real dudes, bro. Like, the reason, be, the only way you could play corner in Pittsburgh was if you tackle, because we was going to play two busters right. dang, uh-huh. every first out. Oh, that right? two so, busters. So, so those dudes were tough. James Ferrier, Larry Foote, tough as nails. Like, you know, Casey Hampton. At the time, we had um, Clark Hagen, James Harrison, like Troy. We had dudes, bro. And remember, right. James was James was just a special teams a player. James he wasn't even in line, right, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, what wasn't that? That was the year. But remember, Peasy left after Coward, though. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. In 07, and yeah. Yep, and that's where Debo stepped in, right? Yeah. So man, Coach T was grinding us, and we didn't have all these fancy rules y'all got now, Pat. We right. need days off, and it's just one one practice Every day. a day. It was two a day. You were gonna go pads in the morning and shorts, which is full pads if you play DB. Right, mm-hmm. like that's for you might put me in bull pads, <laughs> and then in the afternoon we went pads again, and then he'll mm. blow the whistle and be like, "Y'all going live, coach? I could tackle, like let somebody <laughs> else go live, like I hit folks, bro. You were tripping, but dog." And I remember that year. Remember Mac at the end of that year, um, we got beat by Jacksonville. Jacksonville, yep. Remember Jacksonville beat us two times in a row. weren't they both in Pittsburgh back to back? Yep, they beat us both in P- P- Pittsburgh. Yep. David so, Garrard. Remember how David Garrard. Oh, yeah, remember, I remember how tired that. Playoffs. 
Yeah, playoffs. And everybody was so tired. Yeah. Because that was the year that was the year I got sick. But mm-hmm. I just remember everybody being so tired. And I went talk to them in the offseason once they realized I wasn't gonna die. And mm-hmm. when I was talking to him, I said, Mike T, you gotta know who you're coaching. I was like, if you get us to Sunday ready to roll, we'll win. I was like, but if you beat us up, bro, I was like, we don't need to learn to be physical. I was mm-hmm. like, we just got to move around. We got to get these X's and O's. We got to get the speed of the game. I was like, but we'll hit. And, you know, he changed that, man. And the next year, at least in my opinion, we were the greatest defense of the modern era. No question. Mm-hmm. No no question. He definitely – he wore us out. I think we had 20 straight days or two days, if I'm not mistaken. I think that was the best. <laughs> yeah. Pat P and we were grinding. Jeez. We used to have – we used to have – uh DBs on running backs, blitz period. Oh my. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Going, we ain't no swimming and all that. They want to hear no. noise. I want to hear thud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm like, coach, hey. y'all might call a corner blitz maybe once every two or three games. Right. Man, I, and if, and, and, and if you call a corner blitz, I'm probably going to be free. Nobody ain't going to see me. I don't even, why, why am I going against a back all the time that go against running back? Yeah. With DB, DBs on running backs. That was a period, bro. Where we were, we, we were banging. Right. Bang it. Hey, Man. and RC, real quick before we hit on that 2008 season, I definitely want to talk about that, but let's transition back to 2007. And this was probably, this was your second year in Pittsburgh, and me and you became extremely close during that year. But when that tragic incident happened with you, and I don't know if you remember, when we were traveling to Denver, you told me, I think mm-hmm. we were on the get ready to be on the plane, like, yo, man, the last time I went to Denver, I got real sick. And when you said it to me, it didn't really register. I'm like, well, you know, you might have ate something bad, whatever the case may be. And be like, yo, Mac, the last time I went to Denver, I got real sick. Man, fill the listeners and viewers in on that situation and how scary that was because you almost lost your life. Yeah, man. Um, The first time I went, I was in Washington, and they kind of misdiagnosed it. And they thought I had like a spleen contusion from something. And they didn't really check on the fact that I had sickle cell trait and those things. And like you said, remember, I joked about it. I was like, yep. man, Matt, you know, last time I went out here. And so uh, what happens is uh, I have the sickle cell trait, and, and less than 1% of the people that have it in high altitudes, your blood can actually sickle. And mm. when your blood does sickle, something happens called a spleen infarction, which basically meant, like, part of my spleen died. And then I remember, man, we're getting on the bus, and I told Big Ryan, big, tall, lanky Ryan. I was like, mm-hmm. Ryan, man, I was like, my spleen hurts. Right? He bust out laughing at me, like, well, well how you know that? I was like, I felt it before. They sent up the doctor. He checks on me. They pulled me off the plane. And so when they pulled me off the plane, uh, they took me to the hospital. They drug me up and they sent me to the room. And Mac, you know, one thing about me, though, is like, I don't complain. Like, that's not my thing. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And so I remember having the call, call home and I was talking to Yonk and I was like, hey, like, I'm not going to make it. You know what I mean? And Mac, that night in the hotel in Denver, I was in one room. Doc was in the other room. I was trying to figure out, bro, how to not like be in pain. I took a shower. I laid, but I turned the air conditioner all the way down. I laid butt naked on the floor because I was like, maybe if I could numb myself up, I could stop hurting because I didn't want to call them. Mm-hmm. I didn't want mm-hmm. them to send me back to the hospital. So I stayed. We come back and like a month goes by and, you know, Macman would see me and bro, like every day I'd lose weight. And so I went yeah. from what, man, I think about like 205. I was like 160, mm-hmm. Damn. you know, and um, and so trying to work out in the weight room. Remember that RC? Yeah, because they was telling me I could play though, Mac. Yeah. At the time, they was like, "Nothing's wrong with you. We don't see anything wrong with you." And you know me, like I'm still in that don't come home without a job mindset. 
that yeah, even right. though I'm in this pain, I'm like, if they're saying I'm all right, I should be able to work. Gotcha. And um, I prayed one night, man, because like I was trying to be obedient. And I was like, God, look, if you need me, to, if I need to step out of myself a little bit and speak up for myself, let me do it. So I called this doctor, Mac, that I had seen like six times, bro. He was in New York. Pat P. And he goes, I say, Doc, I need to get another test. Like something's wrong. So like something is wrong with me. It's like I go to bed every night. I said, and I have on one set of pajamas at two o'clock. I wake up, my fever is 103, 104. I'm like, something's wrong with me. Right. He sends me to, he's like, he, so he goes, all right, then go to, just like that. Okay, but I'll, I'll set it up. So I go back, man, like an hour later, he calls me. He's like, where are you? And I forget where I was. He goes, don't go to your house. Don't pack a bag. Get to the hospital. We go to the hospital, bro. Uh, they found out I have an infection. So at the time, the reason I was losing weight is because I didn't have a stomach. My spleen squeezed my stomach closed. And um, so they had to mm. vacuum some of it out in order for me to have the surgery. So basically what they did was they stuck this, this a longer vacuum. They made a little hole and they would vacuum some of my spleen out. So they had to do it twice. First time, everything goes good. Second time, I wake up in the middle of it, right? Mm. And so, because I'm supposed to be asleep. So I wake up in the middle. The guy doing it looks at me, bro, and goes, can you take the pain? And, you know, my question was, should I be able to? And he lied. They said yes. And so, you know my, how my brain worked, Matt. I was like, well, I ain't going to let just some regular person come up in here and be able to take it, and I ain't. And yeah, so right. um, I finished it. Uh, the next morning, bro, I wasn't supposed to go to surgery, but I was feeling really bad at the doctor who looked just like Tom Brady. I call him Dr. Tom Brady. Uh, <laughs> He's in the bathroom, bro. And he come, I'm in the bathroom and I was crying and I was praying. And, uh, he walked in, he looked at me and he goes, we're just going to go now. And so they end up four hours of surgery. They took my spleen. Like a month later, they took my gallbladder. Um, and so they were like, well, we don't know if you're going to be able to play. Uh, we'll see. So in January, man, I get cleared and, you know, I was able to play. And the next year, man, we won the Super Bowl. Well, Crazy. Yeah. Well, speaking of the Super Bowl, on the path to Super Bowl victory in 2008, there was a memorable play as a hit on Willis McGahee uh, in the NFC Championship game. Walk us through that moment. And I remember oh, so watching I can, that play. I, I was going to say, Pat, I, can be, I, I definitely don't remember it live. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, RC, you know, you went to sleep a few times, too. No, no doubt about you, it. You were concussed yeah, it a lot. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't the first Hey, but that was, that was definitely oh. a game-changing play, though. Yeah, man, you know, that was one of those things where, like, we all had our roles that year, mm. you know, whether it was B-Mac, myself, uh, Troy, obviously, like, we just all, we all had our things that we do, and we all needed to be good at those things every every right. day. And so uh, the play before, Troy picks the ball off and scores. And so mm. now we're trying to salt the game away and keep them out of the end zone. And uh, the week before, I'm going to see how B-Mac memory works. There the is bros, we, Chargers. And fifty yep. and two man F angle route on, on our line on pot dog if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yep. Pot dog, yep. right? And they scored from like sixty late in the game, and the score didn't mean anything, yep. right? But uh, when they ran it, Darren Sproles started on one side of Philip Rivers and went to the other side. So same thing happens in this game, but we were in cover four, and so when when McGahey moves over, I go show too high, mm-hmm. so they think they get so they think and they get the same thing. And but what I did was I just planted my my back foot in the ground and I was like, when he takes off running, I'm gonna take off running and I'm not gonna stop till I run through him. And <laughs> and and that was it, man. Like he took off running. I knew exactly what it was. I had set him up just how I wanted to. And now Pat P, if I was like you, for instance, right? If mm-hmm. it, in your mind, if you went through all that, do you know what happened? You would pick the ball off and score a touchdown. 
That's what I had. No like, if you knew, but if you, if you knew ex- exactly. And so for me, I never thought about picking it. Like now, I think about it all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like I should have scored with you, it, man. Yeah, like, you knew to play, bro. Go pick it off. But that was like that was my role there, man. And that was what that was what we did. Mm-hmm. That was what we did. And so I saw Willis at like Wet Willies or something like that. Uh, <laughs> like the, in the off season. He bought me a daiquiri. <laughs> Yo, I, I, hey, Pat P, Pat P, I literally thought, all jokes aside, and I think everybody else that was on the football field at that time that was alive, right, that was conscious, we, we thought they were dead because it sounded like a cannon. It Man. was like, boom. Yeah, and I remember that joke. I remember McGahee's eyes in his visor when we walked over him, his eyes were rolling in the back of his head. And our Steve was kind of face first, and he yeah, kind of rolled over slightly. Yeah. And it was a fumble. If you look back at the highlight, nobody's really attacking the football. We were more concerned <laughs> about the two bodies that were not conscious on the football field. Oh, limp and, on the field. And the first thing, hey, I remember we were like, because we had a thing in Pittsburgh. Anytime you got knocked out in the game, Get you don't first. want the trainers to come give you that prom escort. And what we used to call a prom escort would be, you know, you take your prom date to take that picture. You know, you holding her her arm next to you, y'all walking together. like, bro, don't let the trainers come out and give you that prom escort. So we talking to RC, RC, get up, man. You about to get that prom escort. He ain't saying that. We like, oh, shoot, RC might be out. I'm like, bro, we, oh, we instantly, we were starting to panic oh, because RC was done, bro. We thought, we, I was afraid. I thought, I'm like, man, listen, I never seen nobody die on the football field, but that was the closest experience to seeing that because of the impact of the blow. But that's who RC was. RC was a headhunter, yeah. bro. RC yeah, didn't, he was an enforcer. In the same fear that you talked about, the the, the no Taylor. fear that Sean Taylor had, that's what you had, RC. Yeah. You know what I mean? No you played the game with no fear. I don't know how well, you did it, but that's what you hey, did. You know what, though, Mac, man? Like, that joke, and I tell people all the time, that was born out of necessity, though. But, right. Like, I was right. never scared, obviously. But you start to realize the things you could do well. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Shoot, I wish I was as fast as Pat P and my feet was that quick. I'll go out there and press you up too. That wasn't that, right. that wasn't that wasn't my lot. That wasn't my lot in life. You know, right. my, uh, my 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 lot in life was I was gonna be extremely smart. I was gonna be able to line everybody up, keep us in line. I was gonna play hard as hell and be physical. And so, you know, like when I when I train my guys now, the one thing I always tell them is there there there's going to be a way that you're seen, right? Like like I and, and if you're seen a certain way, you got to be that every day. You know All what I'm right. saying? Like if, if, if the reason I'm here is because I'm physical is because I'm intelligent, then I can't show up and be dumb and soft. Now, right. if I, if I give you something else over that, you know, if I give you some pigs and do some other stuff, oh, then we really win it. Right. You know what I mean? But you got to be what they think you are. Or if you're not, if you're not that, then why are you around? You and you. so, you know, and so that was my thing. And then, you know, too, Mac, once you put enough people to sleep, you start realizing you're good at it. You just want to keep doing it. Right. <laughs> you was out there giving that night quill. Out there that night quill. Pat had some daddy duties he had to tend to, so he wasn't able to uh, fulfill this final quarter of our show. But, RSC, I'm going to transition to the superlative part of our show. where I hit you with rapid questions. So I want your honest, unbiased answer. The very okay. first question for you, the player you hated, the most or the player you wanted mm. to lay a big hit on the most and you never really West got Walker. an opportunity to do it. Oh, I got I got an opportunity to hit him. I yeah. really didn't like him. Oh, you, I, oh, but that that's was, one of the players you hated the most. Yes. Absolutely. Why did, why did you hate West? Bro, West used to talk like he was big, man. You know what <laughs> I mean? And like and like he was good and he wasn't scary, you know. 
but West really used to come. And then they were so good. Remember, that was like the only team we ever had trouble with. Yeah, correct. You know what I mean? Like every everybody else, it was nothing. And man, West used to walk out there like he was tall and his chest was big. Nah, bro. Like that ain't y'all just got a good scheme, right? Y'all ain't yeah. tougher than us. And it used to piss me off, dog. And I remember, Mac, I remember. So remember in 08, I did get it. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Were we in quarters? Was that quarters? No, I was middle field. Okay. We were in dime or something. We were quarters coverage, though. Yeah. But like quarters all package. But so the next year, Mac, he runs a little F angle. He looks at me right here, and he drops it, and I let off of him. Uh-huh. should have split him, right? And so I let <laughs> off of him. And then late in the game, they beating us, Mac. We just four-minute drill, running to the ball. And that joker clipped me, like hit uh-huh. me in the back. And I was like, I said, oh, it's like that? And he goes, yeah, it's like that. It's like that. <laughs> <laughs> right? And so, hey. and so, it's so mad. So I walk, I'm clicking out now, right? So uh-huh. you know me, like, you know, I'm like you, man. We spell curse words. We really, you know, all that. You know what I mean? I walk over, yeah. so I'm cussing. And so Dion Branch walk over. Uh-huh. And Dion Branch, I, I tell him, I say, this, I say, this is your last game, Wes. I said, I promise. I was like, yo, kids, I'm going off. Dion Branch is like, Hey man, chill. I was like, you get knocked out too. He said, I'm cool, brother. And then he walked off. <laughs> hey, matter of fact, that game was in Pittsburgh, right? That's when you talk about in Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah we had the uh, the black the black jerseys you got that you got right behind you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, in Pittsburgh, I remember, I remember. I think that was Sunday night. I Sunday think that was a, a Sunday night game. Out. Yep. Remember yep. that's when we really first met Gronk and Hernandez. No question. No question. That's that's when they really introduced themselves to us as potential superstars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. yeah, I remember that. So what about a player that you never got a chance to really lay a big hit on you wanted to hit? Oh, let me see. Who would that be? Ladanian. Who that? Ladanian Thomason. Oh, LLT. Yeah. So, so you remember you remember he stiff-armed me in Washington and scored. Oh, yeah. I remember You remember that? that? Yeah, and they used to show that highlight all the time. They used to show that highlight all the time. Because remember, Foot said he didn't talk to me because they was like, all he said, all I knew about you was that LaDainian Thompson stiff formed you and won the game and you was replacing C. Hope. Yeah. And so Foot was like, and for like a whole year, he ain't talked to me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I remember but that. Like, and I got to play him. But you know, when you play in a running back, Mac, you know, I was always in the middle of the field. In the middle of the field by yourself with LT, that ain't fun. That's, that's a lot of grass. That's <laughs> you not know a lot of you. That's, you don't really want that assignment. <laughs> yeah, but no and help. So like I, 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 and I've never got to get him, bro. And that was that was one of the things that you know I think people don't understand because obviously I had the big Derrick Henry thing this year. Like people don't understand how hard it is when a player is kind of running away from you to mm-hmm. avoid a stiff arm. Yeah, and when LT stiff on me, Matt, and threw me into that ground and scored, bro. I mean, I didn't talk for like two days. You know, and so I was always like, man, I'm going to get him. And then when I came to AFC, too, I was like, we're going to play him like every year. I'm going to get him. Man, that boy LT then retired, got his gold jacket. I still ain't hit him. <laughs> hey, question for you. When you look at the DBs right now, best safety in the game. That's tough. You put me on the spot yeah. like that. Yeah. That's tough. Uh, you, um, I, I, you you analyze the game, especially the safeties. I know, I know you keep your eyes on the safety. Who you taking right now as the best safety in the game? You know, it's, it's always hard to ignore tiring. Because uh-huh. he does so much. I think if – and it's not that there's LSU guys, but you look at what Buddha was able to do, especially early yep. when he started to get the ball. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think I think Buddha is in the conversation. And from a sheer impact standpoint, like Jamal. 
Yeah. You know, this, this with what he's able to do. But the guy who I think is the best, and I think people are going to probably disagree because he's hurt, is I think Derwin James is the best safety in the NFL. Some that, that that's a special player right there, man. It it just yeah. He he just has that it factor. You know how some guys you just instantly see and they just always do something special. He just has that it factor, and it's a shame we haven't really been able to see him at his at, at his best when it comes to being healthy. But man, like no, he's it's so crazy. And obviously, you know Jordan. Uh, he, 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 you're his uncle. He basically grew up around you. Yeah. Um, you know, like. Because he grew up around us, I can talk to Jordan like I talk to you, mm-hmm. you know. And so Jordan is kind of talking about Maul and he's talking about Buddha. He's talking about Mika coming into this year. And I was like, bro, go watch Derwin. You know, I'm like, just go just go check him out. You know what I'm saying? And so he started paying attention to him. And then around that same time, Hard Knocks was on. Mm-hmm. Right? And Keenan Allen was giving everybody work in camp. Yeah. And, and-, then Der- and Derwin started being like, Hey, man, I need to get some reps with Key. I need to get some reps with Key. And now we all know, off the line, Keenan Allen is the business. No question. He yeah. won the best in the game. Yeah. Him and Devontae Adams could be one and two, depending on who you're asking, off the line of scrimmage. 100%. Yeah. And they started showing clip after clip of him locking Keenan up. And, and that's what I was telling Jordan. I was like, bro, think about this, bro. This man is over six foot two. I was like, he's 225 pounds, 220 pounds. I said, he's physical. He played that DN in high school, I mean, in college. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, he was clubbing yeah. people from Florida. I was like, and now he man-to-man with Keenan Allen. I was like, that's the type of dude he is, man. And I think he is – I just think he is, man, is just extremely, extremely special. No question. I, hey, I don't disagree with anything you said. The only knock on Derwin be health. But when he is healthy, yeah. boy, look out. Last so question for question. you. What do you think – what do you think – what do you think of Mika? This year? Are we talking this year, 2020? Just talk, just, you can talk his tenure in the league. All right. If we're saying his overall career, I would have I would have Mika probably either if I go top five, he would be fifth mm-hmm. or he could be sixth. Right. So let me let so, me so who would it go? I gotta have Derwin in the top, like you said, right? No particular order, but these are names that I would yeah. put above Mika. Derwin, Jamal, mm-hmm. Tyron, mm-hmm. that freaking Buda Baker. Uh, is, is, it's is, hard, right? That Buda Baker is special. And the it's thing about Buda Baker, if you put Buda Baker in that Steelers defense, he, he, he Bob Sanders on steroids. 100%, bro. Like so he is. If, if, and I'm not saying the thing is about Mika. He is a better ball hawk than Buddha, right? But yeah. Buddha Im- impacts the game. Like when you watch Buddha play, you feel him. Like you yes. feel what he provides. You know what I mean? That energy and the impact, he cares nothing about his body. He's Bob Sanders. He has no 100%. regard about his well-being when he's playing football. I agree. And so here's the thing I think about Mika. I usually start liking players after I find reasons to not. Right. Yeah. So I thought he had a, he he was he was an all pro last year when coming over to the Steelers. But, you know, there was some some tip. There was a lot of tip balls and, you know, he played a lot of backups and he got picks. So I really started to watch him this year. The dude is extremely instinctive. And what Keith Butler did to make me like him more was he made him the whole guy. Mm-hmm. 
Last last year, they always stuck him in the middle of the field. No, he was in the post. Yeah. He was in the and, post. And also, too, if you go back to his Alabama days, he wasn't just a post guy. They utilized was, him like a hole. He was everywhere. He was around the yes. ball. And that's where he can get his best. Now, he made great plays last year in the post. But I think he's yeah. better defensively when you can utilize him as a whole guy, you know what I mean, on the edge perimeter, covering slots and stuff, because he's an yeah. exceptional athlete. I agree with you. Yeah. But it, and it's so, tough. And so, and so I think I think that's what that's what keeps Mika from being, you know, obviously people in Pittsburgh, they're going to compare any safety to Troy. I think that's what keeps him from being in the Buddha conversation or the Tyrant yeah. conversation. Yeah. Those dudes do so much. They had the free will team. to do a lot based on the yes. scheme. Yeah, based mm-hmm. on the scheme. Now, that's what I'm saying. It's like all all those guys I think you can win a lot of ball games with. You know what yeah. I mean? And there's no wrong or right answer. But if you're talking about overall career and just going forward, I mean, those guys are all impactful. But the thing about Mika is that he continues to progress. And I think they understand him yeah. more who he is as a player and what he does be- what he does best. Yeah, but you know what it is, going man. Mika gonna play there ten years, twelve years. Oh yeah, go, they're not letting him go. go no. Yeah, go go to Pro Bowls, be All Pro, and end up in the Steeler Hall of you know Hall of Honor because he is no he, he is that talented, and they're gonna surround him with the right people. But it's like, man, like let's let him do more. Like yeah. if, if if you got that type of athlete, let him do more, and that's why I put him, you know, kind of lower than those other guys. And 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 and, I, and I'm right there with you. It's not about who he is as a player. It's about how they kind of utilize him. Those other yeah. those other guys that I mentioned, they have free range to have that same Troy football personality where they're around the ball a lot. You know what I mean? They're mm-hmm. blitzing. I haven't seen Mika come on a blitz. I don't think all year long. Yeah, and I, you know what I think too, though, man. I think your personality lends to that too. Because mm-hmm. think about it: if you can drop him in the hole, you can send him. Yeah, no question. Yes, right. Because because he's not in the post no more anyway. Yes. <laughs> you know, he, but I think I think he has a certain a certain group of things he loves to do, and they let him do it. You know how, yeah. like I told you, things are born out of necessity. You know, Mac, you get six picks in one year. You think you're gonna get six every year? Should I remember one year, Mac? Didn't you have like three and four games or something like that before you hurt your forearm? No question. Or, yes, and oh eight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I thought I was mean? supposed to get one every game. <laughs> Right. What's he? Hey, what's he start feeling like that? No question. Last question for you. This is a tough one. Best defensive player you ever played with? Troy. Troy. And it doesn't. It doesn't take. It doesn't take much. Much thought. Um, Mm -hmm. I think defensive talent. The best talent I've played with. Period is Sean. Yep. Without a doubt. But Mm -hmm. Sean, playing with Sean, you know, as a rookie and as a second year player, wasn't like. Playing with defense of the year, Troy Palmer. Troy special. You know, um, where they where they were, yeah, where where they were mentally. uh, Some of the things that 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 Troy could do, like people, and and maybe they do, Mac. I'm not sure if they do. If if people recognize like how athletic he actually was, you know. Hey, all right, so, you know, we mess around with Troy. We never see a guy who can stand flat-footed and go from zero to 60 in the blink of an eye. Just, bah, like. Bro, bro, I, 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 was, I was talking to, to some of the guys one summer, and they were asking me about Troy. And I was telling them about my first year there. I was like, first off, bro, I said, Troy is the worst practice player I've ever been. Uh, the the worst. Like, don't practice like Troy. Don't watch Troy practice. <laughs> don't do that. 
Don't do it. I don't know how he can do it. RZ, you so hey RZ, you know we used to be in practice, and anytime you got Troy over you as a half safety, oh, they're gonna beat us deep. They're gonna run right past Troy. Right. <laughs> they're gonna run right past Troy. You already know what's gonna happen. They're gonna get they're gonna run right you know, past Troy. So you gotta realize, Mac, my my first year there, only seen him really in OTAs preseason games. Like I didn't I didn't really know yeah. who he was. And so we're playing in Atlanta, Mike Vick. Oh, right. I remember the play you're talking yeah. about. I think we you call it Cobra Mike White Vick. Blitz, a Cobra. Me and Troy Blitz, no. Diamond and Nickel. Was that when you talking about when Vic broke contain? No, no. But remember, he broke contain. Troy was three receiver hook though, wasn't he? No, me and Troy Blitz. It was a Cobra White call. Oh, to the, and they, to the and they boundary. started chasing him to the sideline. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> me and Troy <laughs> Blitz. Yes. Please tell. I tell people that I never seen two two human human beings run as fast as Michael Vick and Troy Palomalu. And you remember Vick had the Vick cleats on. He had the chrome bottom. So all I saw was chrome flashing before my eyes and hair. Tell that story. I never seen two human beings run that fast before in my life. And I remember. So so when he goes, they take off running together, right? Yep. Yep. And this is when Vick outruns everybody. Yes. And he's trying to get to the pylon. We were like high red zone. Yep. And so they take off running, bro. And Mac, I stopped moving. Like, <laughs> and you became a fan. You started watching. I was a fan, bro. First off, it's Mike Vick, right? No question. I mean, you, if you like football, you've been loving Mike Vick since red shirt freshman year at Virginia Tech, yeah. watching him play Peter Ward, right? And so when he took off, it was like it was like watching Madden, bro. And like I said, at this time, <laughs> I, I still – I still didn't like no no Troy. You know, I'm from New Orleans. We don't say really no. We say I didn't know no Troy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And bro, he takes off running and I'm like, it's just different. You know, and they get to the sideline and it's like, and he actually caught Michael Vick. Yeah. And you think about you think about other things, uh, Chris Johnson. Remember, mm. uh, after we win the Super Bowl, we were playing them in the first game. Yeah. Thursday night. Oh. Yeah, and he made that tackle behind the line of scrimmage. Bro, so, but remember now, after he makes the tackle, Chris goes for like 60, be back. Mm-hmm. And so we're in, uh, we're in two busters, so we backside, right? So I'm, I'm C gap, cause I'm, yep. I'm a half safety. I'm C gap. And whoever the corner thing might be, Will Gay or somebody, instead of them forcing it back in, Chris bounces it, right? So I was mm-hmm. already trying to get to my A gap. So I turn around, man. I basically face the goal line and start running, right? Because I you know think Chris out I of tried, it's Chris. Yeah, Troy's the other half safety. Now Chris outruns my angle, Mac, in the first eight steps. No question. Right now, I'm running for cardio and to look good on film, right? So, <laughs> so I'm I'm Dorsey flex. I got knees, my knees up. I got good drive phase. I'm here because I'm not gonna catch him. I'm not even looking at. Him. I'm just running. Troy runs by me, bro shoots his legs on the sideline 40 yards down the field. And I was like, TP, bro, like, it really, it really, really pisses me off, dog, that I do all this working out at lunchtime. <laughs> I'm around here eating uh, grilled, grilled chicken and asparagus. You go in there, you start flailing around on the ball. You got bands and stuff hooked to the doors. You do your little roar. But – but you eat all the Jamaican food all the oh, time. Remember that Hawaiian barbecue he's love when he's going out to California? Bro. And and like you could, he could literally do anything, be mad. Like like he 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 really could, man. And I tell people all the time, like 
I'll say to the day I die, man, you, Shay, Ike, for a group of corners, the most underrated group of corners on a very good football team ever because of the things we ask y'all to do. Mm-hmm. Right? We we it wasn't like, hey, go get a bunch of picks. It was like, hell no, you're gonna tackle, you're gonna you're gonna force the run, you're not gonna give up big plays. Like that's what we told you to do. And then for me, it was like you're gonna play the middle of the field, man, you're gonna clean up messes. If the ball breaks, you're gonna get them on the ground. Like we all had jobs. And 43's real job was just to be great. No like way. that was his that was his real job. But without people like like you, man, who probably could have had a different I know you'd never trade your career but could have had a different career and been asked to do different things that would have highlighted you like we did our jobs because that was how we won and we were okay we were okay in doing that too that's why we were so 100%. special we didn't have that's any why, yeah. egos everybody understood what their role was and we embraced yeah. it bro we got the we have I don't care what nobody say we got the greatest practice picture of all time oh man talking one in Tampa yeah, it's the greatest yes. practice picture of all time, bro. Yes, 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 yes. No question, bro. You know we, were, we were, we uh, were, uh, uh, our group was so together, bro. We actually rock with each other on and off the football field. And that led to all the success we had. Yeah, man. And I, I think about that. And, you, you know, we were, we were certainly, certainly lucky. Obviously, mm-hmm. we were, we were really good. But the fact that, you know, I can call you and you'll get on the phone with me any second and try to do whatever I ask you. The same thing, me for you or Troy or Ike or anybody, man. I don't necessarily know that everybody in the league has that because the league is so individual. Yep. We're all living our own lives. But for us to have had that opportunity, man, uh, was a blessing. And obviously, TP was a big part of that. Man, no question, man. No question, man. This is this was great. The thing about me and Ryan listening to viewers, we can talk football all freaking day. Yeah, we bored the hell out of it. <laughs> hey, hey, we start talking about low hole, contain, C gap, B gap, you know, squat, soft squat, two buster, man. We can literally have football talk all all day long, all night, man. But man, it's a pleasure having you finally getting you on because you know your schedule's hectic. You know what I mean? You're on TV every day. You know, you had to you had to give me yeah, your schedule yeah. so we can get you in here. But we finally got you on all things covered, man. I appreciate you, RC, for joining us, man. Anything you want to pull before we let you go? I know you into training guys, the defensive backs and oh, things like that. Anything I mean? you want to pull? Actually, actually not, man. You know, the one thing I want to pull, man, is the fact that I think you're doing an amazing job. Uh anytime you pop up, bro, I, I love to see it. Uh we had a conversation probably about and maybe two years ago, time runs runs into it. And I was like, hey, man, I want you to be you. I was yeah. like, you're one of the smartest people I know, but obviously one of the greatest dudes, but one of the funniest cats I've ever been around. And I was like, I want people to know what your personality is. And whether it's this show or even through the things you're doing, you know, for, for your job, you've done an amazing job, man. I'm proud as hell of you, bro. Man, I appreciate it. I appreciate it, man, man. Best of luck of you. Keep doing what you're doing as well, because, you know, I'm always tuning in and you dropping them cool big time nuggets. Special guest, Ryan Clark, man. Outstanding conversation. Make sure you check us out, man. YouTube channel as well. All things covered. Ryan Clark, once again, thank you for joining us. Thank you, my boy. Have a good one, bro. Thanks again to Ryan Clark and thanks again to everyone for listening to this episode of All Things Covered. If you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe and leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. We'll be back again next week where you can expect all things to be covered. Peace.
should you ever set foot outside of the hotel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.